Good morning, welcome home. So glad to see you here. Follow me quickly to the the book of Philippians chapter 4, starting in verse 8. He says this, And now, dear brothers and sisters, one final thing. Fix your thoughts on what is true and honorable and right and pure and lovely and admirable. Think about things that are excellent and worthy of praise. Keep putting into practice all you learned and received from me. Everything you heard from me and saw me doing then, the God of peace will be with you. Yes, Lord Jesus, we thank you. We thank you for all your goodness. We thank you for all of your provision. We thank you for all of your attention and your love. God, we thank you for all of your mercy and your kindness and your goodness. God, we thank you that you made the world and everything in it, and yet you still called us your prize. God, we thank you. And God, we can never thank you enough for all that you have done. We can never thank you enough for all that you have given us. We can never thank you enough. And so we will just say today, thank you. We just say thank you. So Jesus, it's in your name that we're here on this Thanksgiving weekend. It's in your name that we have sung. It's in your name that we bring our offerings, our tithes before you. It's in your name that we open the scriptures. It's in your name that we live and we move and we breathe. The name of Jesus, the Son of God. And we all said, amen. 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 Welcome home. How are you feeling? I was thinking about, listen, I was thinking about preaching in a hat today so I could have changed hats in between as a man of many. No? Didn't work today? No? We're still a Baptist church here, right? So, okay. Anyway, so happy to see you. Also, a special welcome, like Pastor Jeff said, to everyone joining us online. I know that you're there. I know that you're there because we have some open seats in the house. And so whether you're watching right now or you're watching later, um, I just want you to know that I believe God wants to speak to you just like he's going to speak to us here in this beautiful parking lot in Southern California. Uh, So stay focused wherever you are, if you're in-house or you're online. Stay focused, stay present. It's easy to get distracted. Mute your phone, do what you got to do, because today is the day that life change can happen. Today is the day, in Jesus' name, that life change can happen. So stay present, stay present. Amen. All right, well, if you're just joining us today, we are on week two of a three-week series, almost done, a series called Rethink Church. And the series was designed to help us rethink how we will actually live out this new vision as a church, the vision to follow the way of Jesus, not just what, what Jesus did for heaven, but what Jesus did for today, the way of Jesus for the peace or the shalom of our city. And we started this conversation of how we'll be doing this, the values that we'll be stepping into in this next season. We started last week talking about the essential priority of truth, truth eternal, and how we must submit to the authority of God, the authority to Jesus, of Jesus in all things, at all times, because he is the boss, he is in charge, he is the beginning and the end, and so he must come first in everything. So we must submit in all ways so we might live authentically and with integrity as we go and make peace on his behalf as his church. And it was, listen, 
It was a challenging message, and I heard from some of you throughout the week, but it was a challenging message to write, but also to listen to, because it shines a spotlight on all the other authorities we look to for what's true. It shines a spotlight, and it also calls into question this disconnect, this compromise that we so often exist in between what we say we believe and what we actually do. And so if you missed it, I want to encourage you to go back, watch it. It's on the website, it's on Facebook, it's on YouTube, it's everywhere that you could possibly want to listen to a sermon. So make sure you go back and catch up, because today we are moving on. We are moving on to our second priority, our second cultural value that will help guide us and keep us on track toward this vision of peace on God's behalf. And the second value today is the value of honor honor, that we would be a people that live lives of honor always. So last week, truth eternal this week, honor always, that we would honor God and that we would honor one another. And honor is an interesting concept in our world today. I imagine it's one that feels a little foreign if we're really honest, right? So let me just quickly define terms for the sake of clarity. When I say honor, what I mean is, and it'll be on the screen here, when I say honor, oh, the recognition of identity and dignity in someone independent of circumstance. If you're taking notes, write that down, get your phone out, take a picture if you need to to remember. It's the recognition of identity and dignity and worth independent of circumstance. Sounds, this is what it means to honor. It sounds awesome, right? I think that we would all acknowledge that this value is valuable to recognize identity and dignity in someone independent of what they've done. Amen. I don't know anyone that would disagree. And yet, in our practical day-to-day, -day, for any number of reasons, it doesn't always seem to be our first response. It doesn't always seem to be the case. I mean, think back on your week for just a moment. You, know, you turned on the news, you got your phone out, you, you queued up Facebook or Twitter or whatever, I bet within 10 seconds, one thumb flick, whatever, you were exposed to a severe lack of honor this past week. It was a couple weeks ago, maybe, during COVID, doesn't all the time just blend together? It feels kind of like, it kind of feels like two years, it kind of feels like two weeks, I don't even know, but, um, and in Wisconsin, we had the snow, and so I could tell when it was actually, anyway, Advent, anyway, so... But I'm, listen, I'm grateful. I'm grateful to be in Southern California right now, okay? God loves LA. Here we go. Okay, but I, it was a couple weeks ago or a couple months, um, I, had, I had a friend who I had invested in quite a bit um, over the course of my time in Wisconsin. And, um, and, we, were, and we were friends and we did stuff together. Um, and, and all of a sudden, I, I saw him kind of spiraling a bit online, right? And, and, I, and so I didn't like straight up rebuke, but I just, I like said, hey man, um, I think actually what you're saying, here's, here's a, a bit of a correction, you know, like, and I was, and I was trying to be nice, whatever. And I don't know if you've done this, but I tell you what, he lit me up, just lit me up and he would not relent. And so then this is where we live today, right? So then my friends over here, they, they start lighting him up, right? And then his friends, what do they do? Yeah, 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 yeah. And this is, this is the world we live in. You've probably experienced this online. 
as you've seen friends engage in all these different types of things, and then all of a sudden you, you say one thing, and it doesn't matter how much history you have. It doesn't how much, matter how much time that you've spent with someone. You've got this opposing view, and all of a sudden dishonor creeps in, right? Disrespect creeps in. This is, this is the way of our world. It is ever growing with polarization, bitterness, and resentment. Where behavioral and moral standards are no longer valuing or, or practicing honor, but rather escalating and encouraging dishonor. Dishonor. Dishonor in politics, in the media, in marketing, at Starbucks, at Target, in civil rights, in relation to whatever. Seriously, it's everywhere we look. This critical worldview. It's everywhere we look and in everything we see when we look around as God's people to see the world that God so loves. What we see is dishonor. This looming, oppressive, cloaked culture of contempt that we all know because we all feel its effects. Skepticism, shame, judgment, condemnation, all to minimize the other, right, while elevating up yourself. This is the way of the world that we occupy. And we see it, it's all around us, it's our reality. It's our reality. A reality that has consumed society uh, both in and outside of this church. Not just this church, but the church. It is a reality that's taken over. And I, and I don't mean to project on you, I don't mean to assume anything about your story. I just know from my own life how, how good Good Christians can be at dishonoring people. You know what I'm saying? I mean, we can give the unbelieving world a run for its money. But what's worse, in my own experience, and more, even more tragic, is that we'll use our faith as a justification for not only withholding honor, but actually blatant disrespect. Where we say things like, I'm just speaking the truth. Anyone ever say that? I'm just speaking the truth. But we should know better. And we must be better, which is why, friends, I believe that God is calling us into this counter-cultural value of honor always. Honor always. Because regardless of your personal feelings, honor flows constantly from the heart of God. Honor is the ethic of heaven and the foundation of the gospel. It is the way of Jesus. It is the way. And from cover to cover, we see this value in the scriptures. We even heard it in our scripture just a moment ago, right? Philippians chapter 4. Paul says this, And now, dear brothers and sisters, one final thing. Fix your thoughts on what is true. That was week one, right? Fix your thoughts on what is true and honorable. And right and pure and lovely and admirable. Fix your thoughts on honor. On honor, this is what God commands us to do. Honor always. But why? Why does God care so much about our recognition and our respect of others? Maybe, yeah, and maybe even more important, practically, what does this look like for us to honor? I think we've all existed in a world of dishonor for so long. It's like we don't always know how to do what we haven't been shown, right? So what does it look like for us to actually honor well as we follow Jesus for the peace of our city? That's where we're going to park for today um, as we continue to rethink church. And so if you have your Bibles, follow me quickly to Romans 12. 
Romans 12 as we hear God call us into a better way, to his culture of honor for all without exception. And listen, this passage is, uh, is one you've probably heard from me before, uh, but better get used to it because Romans 12 is literally the roadmap for the future of this community. Romans 12 is where Jesus is leading us to a place of honor. So starting in verse 9 of chapter 12, Romans, Paul says this. He says, don't just pretend to love others, really love them. Hate what is wrong, hold tightly to what is good. Love each other with genuine affection and take delight in, what is that word? Honor, hey, you got it. All right, take delight in honoring each other. Another translation says, outdo one another in showing honor. Outdo one another. Never be lazy, but work hard and serve the Lord enthusiastically. Rejoice in our confident hope. Be patient in trouble and keep on praying. I love this section here. When God's people are in need, be ready to help them. Always be eager to practice hospitality. Bless those who persecute you. Don't curse them. Pray that God will bless them. Be happy with those who are happy and weep with those who weep. And this is the end. Live in harmony with each other. Don't be too proud to enjoy the company of ordinary people. And don't think you know it all. Ah, that's tough. Don't think you know it all. Never pay back evil with more evil. Instead, do things in such a way that everybody, everyone can see that you are honorable. Do all that you can to live in peace with everyone. Romans 12, 9 through 18. Big section, challenging section, but what do we hear? What does it say about God? What does it say about our responsibility as God's people? All right, we got four things. Quickly, uh, in a progression that I want to highlight from this text that I think will help us build a culture of honor here at Community Life. Four steps forward, and if you're taking notes, you can write these down. They'll all be on the screen. First, Paul says that we need to honor always assumes value. Paul says that honor always assumes value. Second, honor always gives respect. Third, honor always creates equity. And last, honor always practices hospitality. One more time, honor always assumes value. It gives respect. It creates equity and practices hospitality. And this is the progression that God is calling us to as we follow his way. So we follow his way. So let's start from the top. Honor always assumes value. Assumes value. And this is actually, the first step, is actually what, uh, where, we, where we find our answer to the question of why God cares so much about it. It's because from the very beginning of our scriptures, page one of our Bibles, we see God do something totally bizarre, totally unfair, when he shows his priority of honor through the creation story. And he does this by speaking worth, value, into all humanity by creating all people in his image. Isn't that amazing? The creation story, there are multiple creation stories throughout the ancient world. And all of them have this God figure creating the world. But, but most of them in their creation stories, it's God creating slaves to work for him. 
In, in, our, in our creation story, the true creation story, we see God, Jesus, the maker of all things, creating humanity, calling them his prize, and making them in his image. Not, that, not as his slaves, but as his family. It's absolutely incredible. And he does it, again, by, by making them in his image. But even before Adam and Eve did anything, Good or bad, before, before they did anything, God had decided, God had spoke that they were valuable because they were made to be like him. It's unbelievable. Totally unfair. Totally bizarre for God to do this. But it is so good and we celebrate his goodness. Adam and Eve, they were formed with infinite worth and with dignity that was independent of anything they brought to the table. Independent of anything they did or they didn't, anything independent of anything they created or they destroyed. And it's that same identity. In the Latin, the word is imago Dei. It's that imago Dei that's also true of us. It's true of you and of of me and all of humanity without exception. And this is what I really need you to understand. God made us valuable. God made all of us valuable. He said that we're valuable, and so we have value. But how, how can we know that? For everyone that's, that's wondering, how, how do we know that this, okay, because God decides what's true. Remember, last week we talked about truth eternal. Jesus has all authority in heaven and on earth. He is truth eternal, and so what he says is the final word, and he says you matter. He says you have value, and so this is our first step in a culture of honor here at Community Life. It is the assumption. It is the assumption that no matter who God puts in front of you, whoever God puts in front of you, regardless of how different they are, regardless of their background, their faith, their preferences, their views, regardless of who they vote for or who they didn't, the color of their skin, their country of origin, where or how they worship, regardless of how you might feel about them or feel it when you're around them, The assumption is that everyone matters. Everyone matters. And this is where our honor begins, with the assumption that everyone is valuable to God, and so they must be valuable to us. Full stop. They are not less because they don't believe yet. They are not less because they don't behave yet. They are not less because they don't understand or don't agree, if ever. No, they are the prize of God's creation, All of humanity, without exception. So one more time. Honor always assumes value. Honor always assumes value. This is our assumption, which in turn must become our reaction. Just step two here. Number two, second step of this progression. Honor, it not only internally assumes value of others, but it it externally gives respect It's not just an internal recognition, it's an external action. Honor always gives respect, independent of circumstance. Our honor gives respect to show the world that we agree with what God says. That we agree with what God says. It's not just living in in theory about what we believe, but it's an active alignment of our lives with Jesus and his way. With Jesus and his way. And this is where it can get a little tricky, I think. At least it was for me, especially if, if you spent any amount of time in the church, because it can seem at times, it can seem at times that when we give respect to people, 
it can appear that we are also respecting all of their decisions. You know what I mean? Or it means like when we give respect that we're signing off on every part of their lifestyle. And so for a lot of us, we, we just don't give respect out of fear that we might be found guilty by association. But in the process, in the process, even if it's with the right intentions, right, that we want to f- stay away from evil and cling to what is good, right? Got to stay away from the bad stuff. Got to stick with the good stuff. In the process, we often cast judgment and we create this separation. We create this division where it's us versus them, us who God loves and them who God doesn't love until they start acting like us. But hear me when I say, no action No decision, no mistake, no failure, no background, nothing will ever change the love that God has for the world or the value God speaks over humanity. Nothing. And listen, I know that some of you need to hear this today. Some of you who have been in church for a long time but are still buying into or slipping away from this truth of God. There is nothing in you, nothing in you, that, that, that anyone can do, nothing that you can do or I can do or anyone can do to change the way God sees you. Nothing. Because you were made in his image. Which is why step two is so important. Because honor demands that we give respect to everyone, whether they deserve it or not. Whether they deserve it or not. Whether they've earned it or not. I know that some of you, like me when I was a kid, I used to say, you got to earn my respect. That is not the way of Jesus. No, respect is given whether they've earned it or not, independent of circumstance, because everyone carries the image and the value of God. All right, so whether someone looks like soccer mom, senior citizen, perfect angel, chief of sinners, respect for their life, respect for their soul, their heart, and eternity, respect for them is what God expects from us. Respect is what God expects. Expects. And that's what I think Paul was getting at in verse 9 when he says this. He says, Don't just pretend to love others. Don't just talk about it. Don't keep it out here as a theory. No, no, no. Really love them. Yeah, hate what is wrong, hold tightly to what is good, but love each other with genuine affection and take delight in honoring each other. Our honor, our respect must cross the line from intention to action. It must. Don't just pretend to love people. Don't just say it. Really love them. See in them what God sees. Yeah, again, hate what is wrong. But don't hate who is wrong. Hate what is wrong. But we can't stop there. Saying no to sin is only half the story. We must also hold tightly to what is good. And I love this. And outdo one another in showing honor. So good. So good. But okay, what does that look like? What does that look like? What is respect that surpasses circumstances and situations really look like? Because if this is the way, you know, this is what God expects, and this is how God lived, how are we to live in response? What does it look like for us to honor those undeserving of our respect? How does this play out? Well, that's where steps three and four come in, and I'm going to make it, again, as quick as I can. Building on value and respect. Step three and four. Honor for the sake of peace, it creates equity and it practices hospitality. 
Honor always creates equity and practices hospitality. And these are kind of like two sides to the same coin. So picture it like this. Honor, it creates a common table, equity, for everyone to gather. And it also practices hospitality with open doors for anyone to enter. It's a common table for anyone to gather, and it's open doors for anyone to enter. Paul says it like this in verse 16. He says, live in harmony with each other. Don't be too proud to enjoy the company of ordinary people. Man, that's so good. And don't think you know it all. Never pay back evil with more evil. Do things in such a way that everyone can see that you are honorable. Do all you can to live at peace with everyone. And, and this, this is where we look back to Jesus as the perfect example, right? He was always committing his time, creating a common table, a common place for the ordinary world to gather with misfits and leftovers. They were parked next to the religious and the sinners, which were next to the the wealthy and the poor. And this was his church. This was the church of Jesus from the very beginning. And the table he set, regardless of background, regardless of sin or status, The people that gathered, he always assumed value. And he treated them with respect, inviting them not to stay where they are, but inviting them just like he invited us out of the past and into a better way, into the greatest possible life that they could achieve with him. This is what honor does. This is what honor does. It doesn't just give everyone equal opportunity. No, it it brings everyone to a common starting point. Honor always creates equity, and it does this by practicing hospitality. Open doors for anyone. Check this out, verse 11. It says, never be lazy, but work hard and serve the Lord enthusiastically. Rejoice in our confident hope. Be patient in trouble and keep on praying. When God's people are in need, be ready to help them. Always be eager to practice hospitality. And what's so amazing about this this verse is in the original language, the Greek. Um, The word hospitality, it's actually formed from two Greek words into a compound word. We see two words. It'll be on the screen. We see the word philos and xenos. Philos, which means friend, and xenos, which means stranger. So philoxena is this original Greek word for hospitality. It means friend of stranger. Friend of stranger. And this is what it means to practice hospitality, to be a hospitable people, to be people of honor. It's to show kindness and friendship to a stranger or a visitor and receive them as a guest. It's to receive them, but to receive them in ways that makes them feel received. It's to receive them in ways that make them feel like family. And this is why we so often say, welcome home. We've got a big old banner right outside the the sanctuary parking lot. It says, welcome home, because this house that God is building, we don't want anyone to pass through as as an outsider. We don't want anyone to show up and feel like a visitor just, just on their way back out. No, we want everyone, regardless of season or status or place in life, to feel welcomed as a guest, to feel welcomed as a friend and future family. 
And again, that is, that's our commitment to you, but also our expectation from you that all will be welcomed with honor and respect and dignity. And we do this through the practice of philoxena, hospitality. Because honor always practices hospitality. And, and I know that this season has been wild. And like Jeff said, everyone's just waiting for 2021 to roll around. But listen, even in the midst of a global pandemic, I just want you to know how impressed I am with you. I am so impressed with how you welcome people. How you open the metaphorical doors of this parking lot for anyone to enter. I have friends. I do, believe it or not. But I have friends from all over the spiritual map that have, that have come by and checked this place out. I have. And the first thing they say about us, about you, is how well you welcome them. The first thing they say about you, before, before the music, before the space, before the coffee, when we used to have it, before all the other things, was that they felt that, they, that you wanted them there. That is how they felt. They felt welcome. So good job. Good job. I'm so proud of how God has already captured your heart for this, but I need you to know that this is just the beginning. It's just the beginning. As God continues to expand our reach more and more as we step into this new vision, we will be tempted to... To, to fall back into old patterns. We will be tempted, just like the rest of the world, to slip into a culture of contempt. We will be tempted to expect the lost to know what it means to be found. We will be tempted to assume new believers know and understand traditional Christian culture and what's appropriate in a Baptist church. We will be tempted to say, this is just how it is, or this is how it's always been. We will be tempted to believe that what worked yesterday will be good enough for tomorrow. We will. We will be tempted to slip out of a culture of honor into a culture of contempt. But, but here's the deal. When we are tempted, when the world starts to feel like it's, it's coming in around us, when I am tempted to settle, I need you to remind me of this value of honor. And I will do the same for you. I need you to remind me, and I'll do the same for you, because we must remember to honor always. Honor is the way. There is no other. Let us follow him. Let us follow him. And I know this might sound basic. I know we've talked about this a little bit before, and you might be thinking, Dave, I got it. Let's, let's get on to some stuff that, like the weird stuff in the Bible. I want, I want to hear about like the angels and like, what. okay, okay we, we can talk about that stuff. But, but I wanted to park on this today for two reasons. Two reasons. First, because I believe that God wants to grow this church. With all my heart, I believe that God wants to grow this church deep and wide. I truly believe that the best is yet to come for this community. And we've had a good run. 75 years? Come on. That's unbelievable. But where God is leading next, as long as we follow in step with his spirit, as long as we follow his ways, man, our future 
will far exceed anything we could have possibly thought or imagined. People will be talking about us as the good old days. In this future, it's coming, so we need to be ready. People are coming, so we need to be ready. Lockdown will end. Fling wide the gates. People will come. We need to be ready, which is why the second thing I wanted, the second reason I wanted to talk about this is because, like I said last week, there is nothing more attractive to an unbelieving world. There is nothing more attractive than a church of integrity, a community of faith that actually practices what it preaches. And there will be nothing more inviting to those living and oppressed by this culture of contempt. Nothing more inviting or welcoming than a people living with honor. Nothing. People who assume value and give respect, who create equity and practice hospitality as we follow his way. Because it's there that the observing world, it's there that that visitors, that strangers that walk in, it's there from our lives, not just from our mouths, but it's there that people can understand why the gospel is such good news. It's in our honor to Jesus and honor to one another. And this is what God, this is what God is calling us into and where he is leading. What's amazing is that it's where he's leading, but it's also how we'll get there. It's the vision, and yet it's also the engine. By stepping into a greater reflection of our Imago Dei, of the image that God made us in through a life of honor, value, respect, equity, hospitality. This is the way. This is the way. So we're going to close in just a minute. And um, I'm going to have Rebecca come back up, and she's going to lead us. Isn't she amazing? I just love her. Come on. But she's going to lead us um, in just a moment in a time of response and, and praise and worship. But, but as we do, I, I just wonder, um, as we talk about this, and, and you know, we're not, we're not going to be parking on values forever. We're going we're gonna to jump into the, the, the Christmas story in just a couple of weeks, and it's going to be amazing. I can't wait. Christmas Eve is going to rule. Um, but as we go through this, I just wonder, as, as what we're talking about really is so different than what the world is telling us, I wonder what part of honor is most challenging for you. Because there's no, we can't debate whether it's important to God, Right? Like we talk about God told us how we can meet his expectations, that by loving him and loving our neighbor. Honor is essential. Honor is the way. So I just wonder what part of honor is most challenging for you. Maybe it's, maybe it's the first, first step. It's the assumption that everyone matters. That's a tough one to pass. And yet there's still this thing that, that's in you that creates the division, the differences, and you can't just seem to let it go. Maybe... Maybe for some of us, it's we still see ourselves as the other. We see, still see ourselves as unworthy of God's attention because, because of where we've been or what we've done, what we've seen, what we've said, what we've experienced. I don't know. Maybe honor is hard for step one. Maybe, maybe it's the step two in allowing that understanding that everyone is valuable to inspire your response of respect. Maybe you haven't been respected, and so you don't feel like 
Maybe you haven't been respected, so you don't know how to. I don't know. Maybe your life of honor is interrupted by your own schedule. You're too busy to create a priority of equity or hospitality for people. I don't know. But the, the thing is, we've all got something. And, I, and I'm not up here saying like, hey, I'm just perfect at this. I just, I, I, I work on it and I want to work on it more. And yet there's always something that, that pulls me back into a culture of comparison, right? There's always things that will pull me back into a culture of contempt. What the world says makes sense. But, but God wants so much more for us. So much more for you and me. And he is calling us even now to surrender this former way. This former way of contempt for his glory and the good of others. And he's calling us because he believes that, that we can contribute to what he is doing. And so as we close, I, we're going to sing and we're going to think. Before we do, I, I just want to pray for you. And I want to speak encouragement and honor over you on God's behalf. And so I want to pray for you. And, and I want just to encourage you to leave the, the expectations behind, the judgment behind, the skepticism behind, the disenchantment behind. For everyone that's here that's trying to like deconstruct faith so they can put it back together, I just want to encourage you to press pause on that and allow God to renew your faith and inspire your faith moving forward. And for some of you, maybe it's just to receive the honor that God has given you through the cross for the first time. So I want to pray for you, encouragement over you as we step into this new value of being a people of honor. And then we will sing, and then we'll close uh, with a benediction in just a moment. But let's, let's pray. God, we thank you for today. We're so grateful that you honor us, that you call us yours, that you call us your family and your friends. God, even with all we've done, God, you still sent your son to the earth so we might know you completely. God, even after we ran away, you ran us down and you captured our hearts and our minds and our attention. And so God, help us understand the value that you've given us so we might understand the value you have given our neighbor. God, we love you and we thank you. And, and, and we know that we are in a safe bet. No one is a safe bet. And yet you call us your prize. You call us your inheritance. You call us your people. And so, God, if there's anyone here today, whether they're watching on a Tuesday night or they're watching on YouTube right now or they're in this parking lot, God, I ask that you would just open our eyes and soften our hearts again so that we might understand you and the love that you have for us. And God, maybe for the first time, there is someone here that just that needs to leave the past where it belongs and step into a future with you. And so if that's you, I just want, I just want to encourage you right now, just, just pray alongside me. Say, God, I believe you're real, you're good, you love me, and you lead to peace. God, I want to step into your way. I want to leave the past where it belongs, and I want to be with you forever. God, we love you. And we're grateful for the word that you have spoken over us and the future that you have given us. So even in this time, even in this place, I ask that you would revive us and renew us and reform us more and more into your image. As we step into your way for the peace, the shalom of the place you have us. 
God, let us be a people of honor on your behalf. And it is in your name that we pray. And we all said, amen, amen. You guys will stand with me.